theater, theater thoughts. thoughts. Yo, I'm Ty Everton. And I'm Kira Sweeney. And we're two former theater kids now turned forever theater adults. Whether we like it or not. Listen, it's not terminal. But it is something that we live with every single day. And we're here talking about theater education and the performing arts. So let's get into some theater, theater thoughts. thoughts. <laughs> um, My voice is gone, yeah, so both of us trigger warning. Like, sorry. I don't know. Sometimes my voice, though, kind of sounds like sexy when it's like... Mine is not, because I straight up said to my kids today, I said, y'all, I can't scream over you. This is how fast I can talk. Yeah, and then one kid fully goes, yeah, so shut your b****s up. And oh. I went, you can't say that. He you goes, he goes, but it shut them up. I go, it did. <laughs> that it did, sir. I go, thank you. Thank you. Hey. Hey. <laughs> um. Okay. Welcome to the podcast we are closing out our season right now how does it feel doing this is episode 21 how do you feel 21 <laughs> 21 wait what's what's the vine uh what's nine plus ten 21, 21. anyways um how do you sorry, feel about it sorry about that pop culture reference if you, you, it's know, a vine you know, reference. you know you know that's what i mean um i feel great it's been a lot of fun like I literally think back to, you know, when we just like spur the moment. We're like, this is something that we've always talked about. We're going to do it. And then here we are like doing it and doing it fairly successfully. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's exciting. Featured like 20 countries around the world. Work. We have quite the followership. Things are in the works. Good things. Shout out to the thoughts. Shout out to the thoughties out there. Yeah. Um. Speaking of our final episode, our final episode drops two weeks from today. Woohoo! Uh, if you would like us to talk about something in particular, you need to DM us at our Theater Thoughts podcast Instagram account. Yes. At Theater Podcast. Mm-hmm. Making sure that you ask the driving questions. Yeah. What are you thinking about? What episodes are most memorable? What do you want us to continue our thoughts on? Absolutely. And we'll get into it. Yeah, we want to get into all the thoughts. of thoughts today, we have quite a bit of thought and also no thought at all on Absolutely. today's topic. As you'll notice from the title, from dummies. For dummies, by dummies. By dummies, yeah. Today we're talking about technical theater. Yes. Not just theater, but technical. Yes. The behind the scenes, the in front of the scenes, before the doors open, mm-hmm. as the doors close, what goes into it? Yeah. So we want to break down into this. What is your technical experience resume? Ready, set, go. Uh, <laughs> That's uh, it. Uh, middle and high school tech crew. Love that. What did that entail? Costumes? Um, costumes primarily. And uh, I also did a little bit of hair and makeup as well. Um, coming from the dance world, both of those were like things I was very familiar with. Um, but all the other stuff, it's one of those things where I look back on it and I'm like, yeah, um, probably should have been paying more attention to that. Right. And then take I took a couple of classes in in college, but yeah. not near enough as as I wish I could. But also, like, I don't know, it, as much as I want to be a master of everything, you know, I I'm really good at what I do and I would I would love to expand my knowledge in this area but also it's really hard when you're focusing on excelling in areas that you already excel at. Right. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. And time, yes. energy, 
money <laughs> are not things that you have on your side. Yes. So therefore you can't I understand. like literally don't know how I would ever survive without all the incredible technicians in my life. Right. Like we just know some pretty baller people. Like they just are so freaking good at what they do. And it's like one of those things where I'm always like, man, I wish I could do right. that. But also, you know, we're both really good at what we do as well. Yes. So I don't know. Let's break it down. What about what about you? Oh, uh, same. Uh, I didn't do a ton of tech. I was, I've and I've always you were too been booked and blessed. I was booked and blessed, but any tech I did in high school, um, was a lot of the business side. Mm -hmm. I did a lot of marketing and That's production stuff. That's the reason why you're a great producer right. yeah, today. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, and then in college, I went the same route. Yeah. So I agree with you. Would I have loved to expand my knowledge and, and where I had opportunity to probably, but at that time I was focused on like, Oh, I'm going being to a theater schools. educator. I'm going to be a theater educator and I want to put my investment in that. Cause that's what I want to be. Mm -hmm. And now that we're teachers and, and those of you teacher thoughts that are listening that don't have a ton of technical experience, we are two people that absolutely 100% feel you mm -hmm. and in today's episode don't want to blow smoke up your ass saying, well, this is how this works and this is how this works, but truly give you from two people who have to be technical theater directors now, <laughs> yeah. the, the baseline, this is what you need to get done. Yep. So let's break it down. Technical theater are multiple elements that have to do with the theatrical production that go beyond acting, singing, dancing. I love the phrase, without technicians, students would be naked in the dark on stage. Yep. Or people would be naked in dark on stage. Pretty much. So what I break down and when I teach my theater classes, which, again, I guess that falls under my experience now is I'm actually teaching tech classes, which has helped me a lot because I've kind of had to study and, yes. and, and figure stuff out. Um, but I break it down into seven areas of expertise. You have publicity, marketing, and advertising. You have the set design and construction crew. You have the properties design props crew. You have costumes crew. You have hair and makeup. You have booth, which falls into lights and sound, and you have stage management. And if you, those go, there are plenty of things that go beyond those seven areas, oh, yeah. but those seven general areas will give you the production uh, value that you are looking at. Yeah. And so what we want to do in this episode is kind of break down um, our thoughts, feelings on each of uh, those areas, talk about what we've seen that we really love, and then talk about practical knowledge that we can use to help you be a better technician in each of these fields. So we're going to start with an easy one, Kira, and we're going to talk about costumes uh, slash hair and makeup. We're going to combine the two together because I think you brought up a really good point saying that you were a dancer, mm -hmm. like where that comes from. So talk about your thought process in costume design, uh, costume collection, and costume creation for shows on stage, both at a professional level, but also at the middle school level, at yeah. the educational level. I mean, I, I think I've always been a costume girl. Like, if I could put on something and pretend I was someone else, work. I was going to do it. Yeah. And so for me, like like I said, you know, both in my, like, fascination and love of costumes and, you know, uh, 
performing growing up and especially coming from the dance world, it was just an easy transition for me to be like, oh, I'm familiar with this thing. Obviously, in the dance world, you're dealing like costumes are a little bit different because it's more uh, for aesthetic than character. But there is some element of character there as well. Considerations. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, uh, there are some similarities, but there are also big differences. But um when it comes to costumes in the in the theater world, I really think, you know, for a lot of people, that physical transformation yes. really helps to solidify their character. Yes. And so it's a it's a super important role in in making sure that they look and feel the part, um, not just as an actor, but actually, you know, aesthetically. Do they look and feel like that person? Because that's gonna help them, you know, perform more and better as that person. Um so some standout costumes in the theater history world that I think of. First off, anything that walked on stage in the King and I productions. Oh, I yeah. think about They're those productions gorgeous. that are absolutely gorgeous. And then I think of the Cinderella dress from the Rogers and Hammerstein Cinderella. Oh, where my gosh. she literally spins and it spins out and transforms into Don't a Don't even dress. get me started. A reveal? Ah. Uh, You're kidding. You're kidding. That mixes our love of theater and also our love of drag oh absolutely but yeah but like anytime you can like literally make the audience i think gasp yeah like um whether that's a a good thing or whether that's a surprise element of a costume or um you know whether it's you know just simply someone going you know from like i think of um what's that like my fair lady like going from like dirty to like beautiful Mm -hmm. um or you know really there's so much you can do with costumes um world building super important um whether you're in like a you know a fantasy world and and you're dealing more with like whimsical type of looks or whether it's a historical piece i always remember um you know once i got into high school and got a little bit more into costume design that was something that i actually really enjoyed was doing the research behind the costumes and making sure that things were period you know and and color palettes oh yeah. my god i love talking about color palettes we've talked a little bit about color theory with west side story, west side story oh, and things yeah. of that nature um and there's so many you know costumes and characters where like a specific color palette's really important um because it's one maybe associated and kind of iconic right. to that character or two you can do a lot with like mood setting you know i always kind of think of uh a little bit of both with like romeo and juliet with like mm-hmm. the you know classic red and blue and yep. um and then you can have fun with like maybe mix making people stand out by not putting them in that red or blue category or um i know a lot of people love doing color stories with musicals or plays and i think color stories are fantastic yes. um and uh same with like same goes for hair and makeup again it's it's all about that physical transformation yes. um at a, at a baseline you need to make sure that the people are seen on stage, right? So I, you know, I think we both tell everyone, you gotta have at least a little bit of makeup on, right? Whether that's like, uh, you know, uh, some kind of foundation and- I usually do it in the eyes. I say your eyes are really important. Um, And then, but then you can also get into really cool things like actual, you know, physical facial transformations with prosthetics or paint or you know just the way in which you draw on the eyeliner or you highlight or contour your face there's so much you can do there um i really nerd out on costumes and makeup because i i I love it it's really fun for me i mean i know there are tons of people out there that you know 
exist beyond the the theater world where you know costumes and makeup and and being able to you know tell the story of a character through just what you're wearing and how you you know put on makeup is is a really fun passion and well, pastime for people things like a simple hat or oh, a scarf a wig we've talked or about it a before. wig can absolutely transform not only for the actor but for the audience mm -hmm. into believing something we talk about the suspension of belief mm -hmm. um in theater where the audience has to suspend certain things because obviously certain things aren't literal yeah but little things like they're in all dress blacks and they put on you know a hat or a coat or something mm -hmm. and you're able to see the transformation of character and if the actor yeah proves it or not um or, or like little easter eggs almost. yes i i always loved finding little things where you could be like maybe the audience might not see this but like the details up close are are really fun for the technicians involved to kind of come up with some of those those little things that you can put on to be like yeah this person would wear this brooch it's got right. a, you know whatever on it and they really like that thing yes yeah so theater thought teacher thought as a costume, uh, costuming a show, both of us have extremely large casts. I say base the house down, uh, as in have your students bring base costumes, mm -hmm. black pants, white t-shirt, uh, black shoes, yeah, and black socks, there. or um, a, you know, bring in a colored t-shirt. And we'll, you know, when I did Little Mermaid, all of the um, sea creatures we found a bunch of hats. And so I gave them a hat and I said, great, now go to your closet, find a blank t-shirt that's that color, and then bring that back. And that's how I was able to costume 40 kids on stage as sea creatures. They all had hats that were, you know, a five pack of hats was $8, $10. And I was able to actively do it. But it's all about using your cast at the educational level to bring in what they got. And then beg, borrow, steal. You know, mm -hmm. what do you got in your stock? What do other people have in their stock and what at the, you know, what are the five to 10 things that absolutely have to come out of a costume budget that you have to have specific to the show? Mm -hmm. I think is really important. Yeah. Yeah. Pri uh, you know, and at our, at our level prioritizing for sure, you know, and, and once you get into, you know, high school or college where you have smaller groups and you can really yes. conceptualize or, you know, colorize and, and get really detailed with those things, go for it. But yeah, at, at our level, you know, um, coming up with with an idea I like you what how you said um basics yes. right building on the basics is is so easy for everyone to do same with you know makeup yeah yeah like i said a little bit of um you know a foundation and some kind of eyeliner maybe mascara as well and then anything you add on top of that is right. just going to help even more right. i'm very excited it's been a while since i've done a all human show yes um and as i produce guys and dolls in in the spring i'm excited to be like okay makeup, makeup is, is literally basic base. yeah right because i've done it you know i just did that greek show and there was a lot of specialty makeup with certain characters and making sure that they have that so so understanding your strengths and weaknesses too as a director being in charge of picking a show and doing all of that look at the technical capabilities that you have yeah you know and costumes hair and makeup are some of the ones where you can say can i do this you know is this too much is this not enough and going from there. Yeah. Yeah.
I don't know. They're they're my favorite. I and maybe like I said, maybe that just comes with me like loving putting on other clothes and pretending to be someone else. But like it's it's just it's so fun to have that final element of your character, right? Well, to get to put it on and be like, I get to be this person and take it off and I'm back to myself. And you've always been very specific with that in shows that I've directed and you've choreographed. I know when the costume parade or, or students are trying on costumes or actors are trying on costumes. I always kind of let you step into the <laughs> forefront yeah. because I don't view, I'm not looking at the fine tooth specifics. You're like, oh, they look those. like that I'm person. I'm like, yeah, sure, that works. And so I really like having you there because you get to look at those details of, well, why those shoes and why those shoes with that belt? And it yeah. reminds me of that scene in Devil Wears Prada <laughs> yeah. where she has the two different belts and they look exactly alike. But you're totally like, no, this isn't just like stuff. Like, yes. this isn't funny. It's like, important. This it, is really it important. It creates and the act- character. Absolutely change it. Right. Because um, I think that's the first thing that the audience notices. Right. When a character right. walks out on stage more so than anything else, I think they're going to notice how they look right away. Um, and so to me, that really matters. Yeah. I'm not saying that you don't think that that matters. No, it's yeah, just it's like, just a... you you know, I'm I'm a little bit more um, experienced. And so yeah. you're like, yeah, run Absolutely. with it, girl. Go so, ahead. I love Go ham. it. Yeah. When we come back, we'll talk about the five other areas of expertise because we are such experts in technical theater. So for dummies by dummies, we'll be right back. Before we jump into anything else, favorite costume you've ever worn? Go. Okay. To me, it's a tie. Um, When I, my last Halloween in California, I was like this Renaissance girl. It was like this blue crushed velvet, not blue, purple crushed velvet costume with like these like teardrop sleeves. And it had a little like headband with like a little veil on it. I felt stunning. Absolutely stunning. Um. And I pulled it out and wore it a couple of years ago as Doris. Or the yes, that's right. Yes. I remember that. Um, the other one is I had this really beautiful um, ballet costume one year for dance. Um, it was kind of Little Mermaid-esque where it was like blue, teal, and like purple. And it was just so pretty. It had like sparkles and the tool and like flowers. And we had like a little flower for the hair. There's also like a red one that reminded me of like a flamingo costume that I really liked too. But Sickening. They were they were gorgeous. I felt stunning. Absolutely yeah. stunning. Working. What about you? So it's so funny that you say this because I love that we tied costume, hair, and makeup all into kind of one like section. Yeah. Because the most standout thing oh. when it comes hands down hair and makeup is when I was Cher. What? Oh my god, yeah, I forgot. I thought you were gonna say pug. Oh no. <laughs> um no, when I was share, the costume was an accessory to the, the hair event. and makeup. The yeah. Hair and full drag yeah, makeup. We really turned it out. <laughs> I remember my favorite part was you sprinting up the stairs and being coming into my room and being like, Does this look okay? And I'd be like, Yeah. You would do it once you put the eyebrows and then I, on. When I did the eyebrows, it was game uh, over. it was over. It I was, was able to do the eyeshadow and everything after that. And I was like, I'm a woman. You're like, 
Hey, she's here. Wagon wheel with Toozy. <laughs> that was a terrible share. Hey, well, that ter- was a good one. <laughs> Yours is better than mine. Hey, we are back talking about technical theater from yes. two non-experts. Yes. Giving you all our tips and tricks in the most non-expert way possible. Yeah. We just talked about costume and makeup. Okay. Yeah. You are a superstar at those. Yes. I, and that's like the only area where I'm like, I yes! live for it. Costumes, hair, and makeup. Let's roll. But after that, I'm like, I'm clueless and I'm trying to figure it out. So before I started teaching. Yes. I was kind of like a no man's land when it came to technical theater. Mm-hmm. I really didn't know didn't much have about like an, it. An area you and then I at. had to start teaching it. And I remember teaching the set design and construction unit and being like, I'm having them just like draw ground plans. And that is so dumb. So I finally spent some time like, what can I do to really shake this up mm-hmm. zendaya bella thorne shake this <laughs> up and so i did a lot of research and i was like you know what let me buy some drills let me buy a ton of lumber and like let's actually build a set and it's now five years later i've turned into one of my favorite things you know to do and that is set design and construction really getting out there and getting you know all of this lumber out and putting you know it's very minimal we're talking building platforms and putting panels and and flats up. But what it really is, is it teaches kids those kind of basic level that when they go off to the high school, they kind of know it. And my stage has these really weird steps right at the front that, that take up a lot of like the front of the stage. And so we were able to build platforms that turned into extensions on the stage and extended the stage about four feet and like brought it out. And I, I really like the design process behind building a set and, and both of you and I, both you and I know one of the most creative, fantastic set designers out there, and and have been watching her work the past you know couple weeks on her own production, and she's she's built and constructed most of our sets for the past three or so years. Mm-hmm. Um, shout out to Kayla, and yeah. um, it's been really awesome seeing her uh, process of. I want to cater to the choreography and I want to cater to the number of students on stage and I want to cater to this and that. And I think that's the most important thing in set design is cater to what the show needs. Mm -hmm. What are the absolute essential locations? And then what can you do with it? I mean, I was given some uh, bare bones skeleton blocks you know big blocks and stairs and and rotating platforms um that kind of made it easier for me to be a little bit more elaborate but you as somebody whose set design is not like your number one have all be all to really look at it and say this is what i need Mm -hmm. like what is your process going through all of that and really deciding like what is the set Mm -hmm. going to look like um for me it's always like how can we uh, how can we maximize maximize the space right um while also still giving the the illusions of you know where we need to be right um so i i do a lot of like blocks and and levels and things like that my stage is definitely not as tall as yours yes so i've true. i've been apprehensive to actually build something on my up, stage yeah, you can't really to build, build up because i don't really have a lot of space to do that um but for me, I'm like, you can 
you can give the illusion of something without actually having to build yes. that thing. Um, so I've gotten really creative with using, you know, furniture and um, specific like set dressings to make a space look the way that it needs yes. to be without needing like this grandier, you know, structure up there. Yeah. Um, but the people who do do that and when I get to work with those people, yes. it's always so cool because I'm like, oh, my gosh, I don't have to worry about, you know, figuring this out. I just get to enjoy this space that they've created for me to play with. Um, and I think that's like my biggest like like appreciation of the set designers is when yes. they're like, so here's the space that we're giving you as a choreographer. And, you know, here's all the levels you can play with. You got dance space up here. You got dance space over there. We gave you a big section in the middle or, you know, whatever it is. Uh, it's, it's really fun to have those collaborative meetings um, to, to figure out a, a space that's going to work for everyone. There's also something really funny and super awesome, you know, because I feel like the relationship between a set designer and a director is always very funny because when I'm sitting there talking with Kayla and I'm like, I want this. And she goes, yeah, no, <laughs> I'm like, okay. But then it's usually followed up with here is what your vision is. Let me talk practicality because you have to talk about time and materials and see what's actually possible. And what she does is she usually is able to turn it out in a way that is almost better than what I imagined but it's way more efficient for her, for us, for the students, mm -hmm. you know, for everyone working because it's actually attainable and it actually fits within the rest of the world that mm -hmm. they're trying to create. Yeah. The one thing about set uh, that I do love is I was always like a big painter. Like when I would go to tech work mm -hmm. days, I loved painting yeah. the set. It was like my favorite. And so I've done a lot with like scenic painting stuff, yes. um, like you know, painting different things to like, like I painted the back wall of my um, school as like a backdrop. And so I've, I've done a lot of fun stuff with that, but like the actual building thing, I've been like very timid. Yeah. So that's something that I want to work on, but yeah. it's awesome that you're like, you just kind of balls to the wall. where like, I'm going to do this. Yeah. Drills out. We'll figure it. it out. Yeah. Yeah. That was a great rhyme. <laughs> Drills out. We'll figure it out. Um, let's move into something. Let's jump back into a strength of yours and talk about production marketing and advertising and yeah. publicity. So there's a natural business side, right? That comes from production, pre-production and stuff like that. Mm. You know, I'm very versatile, lucky enough as a producer. A lot of it is contract work. A lot of it is, um, setting everyone up for success. Um, but then once the show hits the ground running, there has to be a business side that goes into marketing. So mm -hmm. what has been your perspective um, on marketing, uh, marketing educational theater, and now kind of diving into this marketing professional theater? What does this kind of look like? Um, I always start with, I think, poster design is where I always like to start. Um, and, and kind of thinking about, uh, you know, how do one, do we market the show? And two, how do we create a visual that's going to capture people's attention simultaneously? Right. Um, you, I think, want to get both of those messages across. And so um, I know for my last show, I had sort of an idea of what I wanted to do. And the kids had a lot of really awesome ideas. So, so I, you know, found a way to, through my graphic design figured out how to combine both what I wanted and what they wanted. Sponsor me I Canva. Thought, yeah. Sponsor me Canva, please. I love you. Um, but it's, it's, it was really cool to like, 
you know, create that together. And then, you know, I took the kids' ideas and I, I put it together and then I showed it to them. And they're like, Miss Winnie, that looks amazing. I was like, thank you. This was this was us, you know, together. Right. So, you know, starting with some really strong visual um, components, I know that we do a lot for that for um, our summer shows as well. You know, yes. starting with a lot with visuals, you know, what are some specific imagery and lo what logo are we using? You know, how big is the logo going to be? Is the same logo going to be on the T-shirt? Is the logo, you know, the same on our social media as it's going to be on everything else? So, uh, you know, that branding component of your show and making sure that there's consistency within the materials you're putting out um, is really important. And then another, you know, huge thing, uh, I'm, I already mentioned it a little bit is, is social media, yeah. right. And that's really become a, you know, a, a big part of marketing in, you know, the last decade or so. And so I think we've had the advantage of growing up as that has come about. And so, you know, living and existing in that social media world, I think we have a pretty good grasp on how to reach people through that. Definitely. Um, and so, you know, things like, you know, taking a lot of rehearsal videos and photos and, you know, posting that with, you know, captions about the show or, um, you know, marketing other fun things that you have going on around the show or showing the progress of, you know, the set being built or showing, you know, a clip of a dance, giving them a little teaser, teaser trailers, yes. huge. That's something that I've yeah, done a, a lot of, of putting together. I, I really enjoy it. It's really fun to say, okay, what's the, you know, what's the supercut or whatever uh, that you need to know of the show, you know, in, in a minute or maybe a little bit more. I think we usually try to keep it right. to about a minute. How can we get people, you know, excited, see what they need to see about the show um, before they come see it, hopefully. And then you can break into stuff kind of, the, I mean, that is bare bones, but also when I say bare bones, that's not bare bones, right? Some people yeah. just do a poster and call it good. Yes. That's a lot for us. I think that's like skeleton of like, Absolutely. yeah, that's no brainer. Mm -hmm. We're going to do all of that. But then we get into some really cool ideas like yes. contests and, yes. and we focus on what's trending on TikTok and yes. can we incorporate whatever that trend is yeah. into us and, and can we focus on um you know character interviews and can we, we and, and we've done a lot of takeovers and we've done a lot of like uh contests with publicity in our summer shows of what ki what the kids come up with one that sticks out to me is that one what we did for mama mia where these kids were like come find out who sophie's dad is and what did they they did that whole thing they, where they like, like interviewed each of the interviewed dads each and... of the dads and said like why do you think you're sophie's dad and and it was really fun for the kids because we didn't have any like play into it yeah and they did a lot of the work creative. for us right it allowed them to be as creative as possible yeah like on their own. I so. think that's the biggest thing I would urge people to do is even if you're not a social media person yourself, social media for your theater company, whether that's for school or outside of school, that is your biggest marketing asset in today's, uh, yep. you know, climate. And, and like I said, use your students, have them yeah. do some of the work for you. You don't have to curate every single thing. You know, uh, people posting and reposting is like the easiest way to spread the word and, and have fun with it. Yeah. Do contests or, um, you know, we have a lot of fun of like taking pictures of people in character and coming up with like cute little scenarios that we can post that about. I think we did a save the date for right. Mama Mia, which was really cute. Um, and was like a, a different way to say, you know, here's the dates of our show. Come see the show which was uh it's stuff like that's really fun like just uh if if 
you're a bare minimum kind of person, at least just start getting some posts up on social media. But if you're someone who's ready to take your marketing to the next level, have fun with it. Absolutely. Yeah. Really curate that content and get yourself out to the community. Let your community know what's yes. going on. Yes. Like and we're currently working on a show and we have a lot of, I think, new ideas that we're branching right. out in the marketing world of, you know, how can we take this beyond social media now? And how can we really get back to the old style of like feet on the ground, going to the people to promote this thing? Well, and it's not just us telling others companies and stuff like that it's now like can we form a collaboration with this company this business this residence mm -hmm. and focus on you know working with them and 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 making this a collaborative thing that also benefits them because that not only sends a message of like hey come see our show but it also to that business and to those that may be open to like seeing it of like wow this theater company is collaboratively working with this other business and they formed a relationship that's something really cool that shows that they're very community oriented that shows that they're very small business oriented or it shows that they're very collaborative in whatever they do so i think it's important for our my my tiny thoughts on <laughs> uh marketing is bare bones tell people about the show mm -hmm. get publicity out the show poster um but then social media it up and then work with the community and broaden your ideas and get your students involved because they're absolutely going to have a million and one ideas and they're going to all help push the show yeah yeah when we come back, we'll talk more. We'll get into lights, sound, maybe a little bit of props, maybe some stage management, and kind of sum up our thoughts on technical theater. We'll be right back. Theater thoughts, tiny thought, talking it's a thought, hot thought, hot shot, tiny tot. Oh, hey, bars, come on. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we are back talking about technical theater from yes. two experts. Not really, wink, wink. but we'll we try, try our best. We try our best. <laughs> That's literally me every single time I like do lights or sound. I'm like, like, I'm trying. I'm trying. Okay, let's talk I, about lights. I pretend I know sound. what I'm doing. So, lighting. I'll give it to y'all straight. Can the lights turn on? Can, Can the, the lights, lights turn, turn off? Boom. <laughs> you got it. People who are like light whizzes, I am so jealous. Or have like insanely good lighting right. equipment where I'm like, my lights at my school are old. Well, and part if of the they, problem is lighting equipment. If they will turn on and we can see the kids, success. Yes. We have blackouts. We have lights up. We have a spotlight maybe if we want to get really right. fancy. We're good. Equipment is half the battle because if you have yeah. the best equipment in the world, you yeah. can do a lot of really cool things with lighting. But, and, and it's so funny. I think I've existed in this like lights up, lights down, you know, bare bones lighting world for so long that when I go see professional shows and they have like wicked cool lighting, right. I gag. My jaw is on the floor. I'm like, this is the best thing I've ever seen. This is incredible. And it's just like moving lights and things that are like not any kind of like new revelation in the, the lighting world. But 
because it's so far out of my knowledge, I, I'm always just like gooped. It's just. So let's good. talk about basics. You have the basic on off, right? Yep. But a lot of our lights have the potential to um, have something called a gel put in, which is just a color film that mm -hmm. goes in front of it. Yeah. Um, those can't change mid show. Once you put it up, it's like that. Yeah, unless you, you have like an up. LED. Right. And then you get into LED lights, which, you know, I have the fortune of having a couple of them and that, that provides some light. But again, if you don't know how to accurately light the stage, we were just talking today that part of the problem with us is that the way they're positioned is not offering enough pools of light across the entire stage that it can look really wonky. And so that's something we want, you know, to, to excel fix. at is even if it's on off, let it be on off in the right pools. Yes. If we have some <laughs> action happening stage right, yeah. can I make it so that way? stage right is the only area that's lit and that's an that area time. that like not that i don't want to learn more but also there are amazing people out there who are like experts yes. at this and the, the fact that it's electricity as well also always makes me a little nervous and i'm like i don't want to mess with this because what if i royally mess it up right um, burn the school to the ground kind yeah. of vibe yeah yeah so i'm like you know i will happily pay someone to do that for and me. that is exactly my thoughts on the situation yeah. is wherever you live no matter what state you're in if you're teaching at an educational level find the theatrical community board somewhere and ask about lighting designers or ask about lighting technicians or companies and i just had a lady come out and she completely reset my board and i was like wow i can finally like turn one light on and one light off again versus like turning a light on and being like i don't know how to do this and she was able to teach me like if this happens do this and so now i'm like great i know at least one thing on this board now and one thing that i really you know, use to my advantage is stay closely knit with, uh, you know, we're in middle school, so stay closely knit with a feeder in your area. Yes. But there are students that they will nerd out on their own and read and learn about all of these different things in these different fields. Mm -hmm. You have a kid that is interested in lighting design that is learning stuff on their own, watching YouTube videos and doing all of that. Let them have the privilege to go to your board and like test stuff out and do stuff, but also holding them to an expectation of like, now you need to not mess around without knowing what you're doing, but try things out and see if you can make stuff look more dynamic and look cooler. Mm -hmm. I think yeah. that's important. Or, you know, foster that relationship with teachers as well. Yes. Like when I first got to my school and I didn't know a thing about how to use my board for sound or lights, I was so, so grateful that David came over and was right. just like, here's the basics. Yeah. I'm going to teach you just, you know, what you need to know. And I was like, so grateful, but also, yeah. Like if you have kids too, that are, yeah. you know, even high schoolers or yep. especially if you're a high school teacher and you've got kids who want to do that, let them do it. Yes. Give them that experience. They deserve it. I think my best example that I can think of is Maria Noni. Yeah. She's been a lighting goddess and is now going to college for it. Like right. how incredible is that, that she was given that opportunity in high school and right. is now, you know, just excelling and is going to be a really incredible asset in that, you know, field. Going well, forward. and that extends just theatrical. I mean, you're talking about concert lighting and venue oh, yeah. lighting and, and that, it's just again so cool. i go to a concert or i go to a theater show and they've got like some really wicked cool lighting right. i'm floored I'm yeah i am floored <laughs> then we move into the bane of my existence which oh. is sound yes. sound is so difficult for me i have recently you know got a new board um and i had someone at my school that was privy to a lot of the sound stuff and now i've kind of this year had to like 
sit there and learn a bunch of stuff on my own. And I, and I have, but I've also failed at a lot of stuff. And, and the biggest advice I can have is similar to lighting, find the resources, find people that'll help you out. Mm -hmm. But also what I've learned about sound is sound is a, um, like it, it goes from point A to B. There may be A to B, B to C, C to D, D to E. But like if there are problems with sound, follow the line. And that's the first way where you can say, okay, is there any problems? Is this working fine? Is this working fine? Is this working fine? But like microphones always stress me out. It's the hardest thing for new kids that aren't attached to that to me try to like teach them. You know, I've recently learned about, you know, when feedback happens, this is what you do and and this is what you need to work on. But but sound is really difficult. Mm -hmm. But sound design is really fun. I was just about to say that. Like, microphones, scary. Yeah. I thankfully have had an incredible dad who's given me a ton of help in yes. that area. And it's been so nice to not have to stress during the show. Like, if something happens with the microphones, I don't have to immediately rush to it because there's someone who's been able to help me, which right. is like... Who so nice. Um, but sound design, you're kidding me. When I do shows, especially like for my plays, coming up with like music for the pre-show and transition music during yeah. set changes and fun little sound effects and um all of that stuff is really enjoyable for me. And maybe that's just because I'm a music person. Right. Like I just love music and I love using it as a storytelling element. Absolutely. Um but yeah, creating pre-show playlists for shows that I'm involved in is like my favorite thing. Everyone knows. They're like, oh, Kira, what's the pre-show playlist going to be? Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know. We'll wait and see. You curate it for the gods. <laughs> it's fun. Yeah, absolutely. So so advice for sound is just find those resources mm -hmm. just like lighting. Yeah. Um, but and also for design, create a vibe. Yeah, absolutely. Create a vibe. Yeah, Make same with lighting. I mean, yeah. if you can, create a vibe. Yeah. I think that's really like the, you know, can you see people? Can you hear people? Can you create some kind of right. vibe or atmosphere? Right. That's like the main purpose of those it's two extension. things. Yeah. Okay. We haven't talked about props. Props, props. are things that actors hold. Yes. I like doing a lot of prop stuff with my kids. Um, I know I'm not, you know, I, I like props on stage in a rehearsal process as soon as possible. I know that there are other directors <laughs> like our infamous director that we're working with right now who likes day one while you're blocking it mm -hmm. to have that physical prop in your hand or something of the same size or, or understanding that's the same um, and having those, but it kind of like costumes, it really can help a character or an actor step into that character a little bit more. If they're holding the briefcase that they do, or when they hand someone the phone or, or they bring someone the cash and they actually have, you know, the money in their hand, it's things that really can help change the dynamic of of the playing space and grow oh absolutely um you know anytime you can yeah like you said create a a different kind of uh thing for the actor to do that's really what your props are are helping you you know to do absolutely uh, maybe have been an oxymoron but like yeah like if if you're gonna have a cane rather than making them pantomime it for a while get a cane give them a cane yeah yeah let them let them practice that because when you have things in your hands it's gonna change right um and so i'm a, i'm the same way where i like to get props you know as soon as i can maybe not on day one because yeah. i usually do not that organized enough but you know or even having something to to stand in 
right? If I if I right. need a hammer and all I've got is a wrench, cool. You're gonna hold a wrench for a right. little while until I can find you a hammer. Right. Um. But but yeah, it it really changes things. And so the more you can help, uh, not only your uh crew to make sure that they know what things they're handling, but also the actor. Right. It's it's gonna make that process so much easier for you. And acquiring props is again just like costumes. It's yeah. a beg, borrow, beg, steal. Yep. Um, kind of situation of yeah. what do you got? What do the people around you got? What can students bring in? Um, and then go from there, right? My props crews, I say within the first week, you need to read the script probably at least three times. Anything in there that says it's in there, we need to know right away so yep. you can get starting, you know, start to work on that. And then as directors start to block the show, there may be opportunity or there may be things that arise where, well, let's get this person this, even though it didn't explicitly say it, you know, let's have that. And the where props and set come to life um, or where come together is like set dressings, things that are small that go on the stage. Yeah. Um, but you can make anything look like something. I think uh, I, I did. Uh, I worked props for a theater company um, when I was also assistant directing and, and my passion was obviously in directing, but a stipulation was that I also had to be props, you know, um, master. master for it. Um, and I had to have typewriters. Now I couldn't get eight typewriters or 10 typewriters there. So we just took a bunch of these like cardboard boxes that I got from the coffee shop that I worked at at the time. And we like spray painted them gray. And then we went, um, and like cut them in almost a shape that from 20 feet away, you know, to the audience that they gave the shape of the typewriter. And then you work with your sound designer and your sound designer plays the right and you go from there and so working all of those technical elements together you can kind of create the world without necessarily having to create the world so it makes it a little bit easier to work around if you can kind of like bs some of the stuff of well just use that it almost looks the same you know like the same thing yeah but i do know directors that are like i want all the books on stage to be from the 1940s if this takes place in the 1940s the other thing that's really fun about props is especially when you get the people who are like super into props i remember when we did annie and we had like the letters um for annie and it was like literally like a letter they made oh, that us said, like, a dear letter annie, like, like dear miss hannigan our annie and it was like this whole letter and like stuff like that is so fun for the yes. people involved to make like these super detailed things you don't obviously have to be that involved uh, in that detail but if you can be it's a really fun easter egg yes. for like the people in the show Absolutely. to be like i'm opening this letter and oh my gosh it actually says you know what it's supposed to say or the opposite and there's like a funny picture of like the props master <laughs> sticking their tongue out and you as the actor have to like be in together. character yeah so it's yeah. really cool okay final thoughts on the entire technical theater process my whole Stant on it. Stand? Stant? Stanton, Ohio. <laughs> Pennsylvania. Uh, Scranton, Pennsylvania. Um, my whole process on technical theater is technical theater is super important and, and absolutely is valid, but resources can be so different for so many people. Mm -hmm. Make it work with what you got and yes. don't stress yourself out if something's not 100 percent there audiences are going to believe what you put on stage mm -hmm. um just for the sake of the you know production 
But when you have the time and resources, like really explore these technical aspects and, and help them grow. And, and I think as we continue becoming more experienced and all of that, I totally think you and I are going to be able to grow and soar in these areas as well. Mm -hmm. So what are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's one of those things where I feel very grateful to, like you said, regardless of, you know, uh, ability or resources, still, you know, have these things. Yes. Still be able to give a full theatrical experience yes. because technical theater is what, like you said, it's the difference between people just standing on stage in the dark and a full-blown show. Right. Right. Once those lights come on, once you put on your costume and, and you know, everything's ready that's the show yes right like the script and everything is is important but but building that world and creating that experience from your audience would not be what it is without technical theater technical theater period. shout out yeah you go technicians thank you technicians oh my god thank you yeah absolutely. like <laughs> i just have so much respect and admiration for those people absolutely they're the baddest of girl bosses yeah they no one works harder than they do i agree and they deserve all the you know and they don't get it as much as they should no all the praise all the admiration all of the you better works yes. um for for the incredible things that that people turn out whether that's like i said things where i'm just like shocked out of my mind or the fact that yes. you have a 13 year old who is running a full lighting board. absolutely regardless yeah it's incredible it's yeah. so cool shout out to technicians yeah you run the world girls <laughs> I mean, and boys. You run the world, techies. I don't yes, know. I live. Um, Who hey, run the theater world? Techies. Technicians. That's yeah, for sure. Hands down. <laughs> um, hey, if you are a technician or someone who knows a technician, make them listen to this episode and then send us information so that we can correct it, so that way we can continue <laughs> to grow. That so way, if you have a question. dummies into somewhat cognizant individuals. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. Um, you can send us questions and your thoughts uh, to our Theater Thoughts podcast Instagram at Theater Podcast, T-H-E-A-T-R-E -E podcast. The thing, not the place. And in addition to sending your thoughts about technical theater, make sure to send us your questions, your thoughts, your feelings about the entire first season as next episode is our final episode of the season where we will be uh, looking back at all 21 episodes of the season and answering your questions along the way. So make sure you send those in. And while you wait these next two weeks, look back at a couple episodes, smile, laugh, and you can be back for our final conclusionary dazzling end of era episode of Theater, Theater Thoughts. Thoughts. Go on, get out of here. Goodbye. Bye.